You're listening to the God Center Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom of four young boys, I know motherhood's hard. But sometimes I think I make it harder than it needs to be by putting myself in the center of things or even my kids. I forget to place God there and be led by His Spirit. I also tend to forget that I'm surrounded by God. He goes before me, He walks with me on the hard days, and He comes behind me when I make a mistake. So each week I'll interview someone new and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. Hey y'all, welcome to the God-Centered Mom podcast. Okay, so I have a really kind of God story, fun, how does this even happen person to share with you. Uh, My guest today is Julie Romero. And I found and rediscovered Julie through Instagram. The world is so small and yet so large. Julie and I both went to Taylor University, graduated the same year, had a common friend. Uh, Julie and my friend did improv together senior year. And I reconnected with Julie. And then just last week, she sent me a message about how God used our reconnection. And I just loved her story so much. I thought it would be a great podcast. So welcome, Julie, to the God Center Mom podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Yay, thank you. And excuse me if I keep sniffing allergies, Texas. Um, So Julie lives in Texas as well and has been married 11 years, even though we're only 20. I mean, right? (laughs) We're so young. (laughs) We got married really young, really young. Um, And uh, I'm looking at on Skype at her cute dog, Mocha. Very cute. So cute. What kind of dog is that? Dachshund? It's a dachshund. Yeah. That's perfect. Dachshunds are great. Lots of personality. All right. So, Julie, when you sent me a message, you started your story off with um, where you'd been kind of in a desert season of ministry. So I would love if you would share with our listeners kind of where you were at that time. I was working as a girls associate here in Texas in our town. My husband is or was a youth pastor and we were at the church for about 10 years. And towards the end of the our time there, I just just started getting exhausted where I just couldn't do it anymore. A lot of the stuff that I had set myself up for was in my own strength. Yeah. And just I had all these good ideas and I would implement them and I would do them and they would succeed. So it was like a one-man band. And at one point, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I had a heart for these junior high and high school girls And then one day it just clicked. I just was like, I just can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And it took about a good three years to get out from underneath the student ministry bubble. And in that time, it just felt like this desert because nobody knew I was going through the desert. Mm -hmm. And they expected me to perform as I had always been performing. And it it was bad. I was wondering like, am I really a Christian? Like, what happened here? Mm-hmm. And just feeling such burnout and didn't know how I, I didn't know who I could talk to about it. Um, being in ministry, sometimes there's a major fishbowl effect where if you, yeah. you, you're not sure if it's safe enough to talk about things. And in that time, um, God just broke me down. It basically I had to get down to the essence of what do I really believe in? And by Christmas time, I realized, okay, I, I know that Jesus is the son of God. He died on the cross for my sins. 
I believe in him. He's the only way to heaven. Like basic gospel, that was what I believed in. And I knew that I was still a Christian based on the fact that every time I would hear Christmas songs about the baby Jesus, it'd make me cry. And I was like, oh my goodness, baby Jesus. And um, I don't know if you've ever had <laughs> that, that makes experience. Me, that makes me think of that racing movie with Will Ferrell. Never mind. Oh my God. <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, kind of the way it is, but yeah. not really. Getting emotional about baby Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Totally emotional about baby Jesus. And um, I just remember moments in my, my bathroom just crying out to God, possibly some swearing, mm. um, and just saying, God, I don't understand what you're doing. Have you forgotten about me? Mm. And while wow, that's still emotional, um, it was a dry time. It was very dry. Um, would would he remember me? And I was, I wondered why he had given me all these talents and gifts and then he would just shut it down. Mm. And I felt useless. I felt like I wasn't worth something to him because I wasn't doing something for him. Mm. And I really feel like God was like, I need you to know that you are worth something to me regardless of what you do. Mm. And there was just this just, oh, it lasted, it seemed like forever. And I remember there were women who came around me in that time and said, it will end. Julie, it will end. And I remember thinking, you don't know. You don't know that. This is forever. This is the rest of my life. You know, I just, you just yeah. can't see past, you just can't see past it. And just remember like their hope that they poured out to me was something that I clung to. Cause I'm like, well, she said it would end. <laughs> <laughs> right. Does, is she right? Like, I don't know. Um, I did have a few girls. What happened? This is kind of where things progress. Like if you could see where God was laying the platform, there was a class of girls they were seniors when all this kind of wrecking went on in my my life and they refused to let me quit on them Mm. so they would show up to my house they'd be like we're here for bible study and i'm thinking how can i teach you god's word when i feel like a mess like this is i just feel destructive this is the power of the holy spirit Mm. they would come over and i'd be like all right what do you guys want to talk about like i'm just kind of like dredging like whatever and they're like we want to know about this and i'm like all right let's take a look and suddenly the holy spirit would show up and he'd just do his thing and and i would be like this is impossible that i that the holy spirit is speaking through me when i know how wreck like just how awful my heart is and god was like hey julie remember the time i spoke through a donkey um <laughs> i could still use you and i'm like oh like um and there's some other words you could probably use in place of donkey but <laughs> it's just basically how i felt and god was like i'm going to use you regardless of you and so this class of girls continue to come over and they would say hey, would you pray for us? Would you teach us? And I would say, I have nothing for you. And they would say, we know, but we're coming over anyway. And they just let me be where I was. And yet they still wanted to come around, which is a phenomenon to me because aren't you supposed to be like all, you know, tidy Joy of the and Lord. Christian? Joy of the yeah, Lord. exactly. Yeah. Like, everything's fine and everything's good and, and blessed and whatever. And yeah. these girls were like, no, we like you in your, in your crud. And so they came and they kept coming. And that group of girls was a testimony of God's grace in that time period. Um, those girls still have an impact on me today and are the reason that God is doing what he is doing today, which is kind of incredible to watch that progress. So that was my, my desert season. That is just, just powerful for, to hear you say the words of, I'm sure hundreds of thousands of people who have been in the church for a long time and have been serving and get to that point of done 
like total done. Yes. And, and the do is you can't get out of the done until God releases you from the done. And also sometimes you have to work in the done. Yeah. Like you have to continue doing what you're doing. And you're like, I don't, I can't do this anymore. I just yeah. can't do it. Yeah. And just, and, and like you said, the power of showing up, the power of showing up or them showing up, like people coming to you and how you are like an empty vessel that the spirit's just like flowing through. <laughs> You know, like a tube, yes. like a like just a pipe, and it's just like yeah. you just stand in the gap. You just like, stay empty, and he'll just keep pouring through you. Wow, that's yeah. So, okay, one question I have: um, How long? Like the the school that Julie and I went to really emphasizes um, servant leadership, and like it was already in college. You were really encouraged to find your gifts and use them. You know, we were like from college age, we've been serving, right? Yes. So you leave college and did you go straight into the ministry? Yes. Okay. I was at the, we had to do an internship our senior year at Taylor uh, where we had to have a ministry that we were involved in and a mentor. And we had to write this huge paper based on our summer internship. And I went home and did it with the high school pastor and he ended up moving to Sugarland mid mid senior year. I guess I guess the internship was the summer before senior year. And so he called me in December and said, "Hey, when you graduate in June, I've got a job waiting for you. Come down and work for me." And I thought, "What am I what am I doing?" And he's like, "I'm hiring you as my girls associate." And at that time in 99, I'd never even heard of a girls associate. Yeah, that's so yeah, that was really. It was kind of this new thing. Even and, still, that would be pretty awesome in our church. Oh man. I don't even know how youth pastors do it without a female assistant. I don't know. I'm I thinking that's really wise. That's it really is wise. very wise. And, the, and lucky for uh, my boss, he had the the means to be able to do it. So he, I got in my little Honda and drove <laughs> all the way down from Iowa, which is where my hometown is, to Texas. And I started working with the 6th to 12th grade girls in the student ministry at this church. And I worked there for about four years, and then I met my husband, and we got married, and he was already employed in um, the town that we live in now. And so then we, when we got married, we worked at that church. We co-led at that church for about 10 years, um, which, if you want to rewind, I stopped really being engaged in that ministry about a year before he reti- he resigned and then went on to... And he currently does music. He has he's a recording artist and leads worship. Mm. And um, a little plug: he's Mike Romero Music. Micro, you can find him. Mike Romero. Okay, I'm gonna yes, write it not, down. It'll be in the show notes, y'all. You can look it, it up. It won't be Micro Romero. Somebody thought he was like tiny bone marrow. <laughs> it's not that. It's <laughs> it's Mike Romero R O M E R O Music. Funny. You can find him on iTunes. Okay. He's about to release another album, so that's what he does full-time and he plays all the time at camps at denows at retreats sunday morning leading worship it's really cool very cool very cool so he's a creative uh yeah he's he's amazing that's awesome so you meet him but you stayed on it what were you saying you stayed on at your job for Uh, another year before i well we when we got married i moved to the church that he was employed at okay. so i worked 4 years in sugarland and now 10 years or 10 years we worked in magnolia and then um 
And then we recently resigned to do worship ministry, okay. which was just helpful to be released from a place where you felt dead. I, yeah. I will say that like when it was like a grace upon grace where God was like, okay, your time is done here because it wasn't until December of this year that I re- or this past year that I felt like God really released me from that season. So it was several years out of being in ministry that God just kept me in that place. I thought once Taco resigned that it would be, okay, now we're going to go somewhere. And it wasn't. It was like another year and a half of like, what are we doing? What are you doing? Like, do you, do you know that I'm here? Do you know I have these things that I, these visions and dreams and you're, there's nothing happening? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a hard season to be in. Yeah. I mean. It ain't pretty. No, I mean, and I think that we can all relate. I mean, I had a two-year valley um, that I came out of, you know, maybe a year ago of that. And and you're just, I actually found a really great book. I'll put it in the show notes. It's called Spiritual Depression of kind of just, you know, David. We all know David in the Bible. He is a man after God's own heart, and he still cries out to God and saying, God, what are you doing? Why am I here? He comes, always comes back around. But he cries out. He has emotions. And I think there's this Christian perception that if you ever struggle, if you ever have a, a dry spell, that maybe you just aren't a good enough believer. Maybe <laughs> yeah. you just don't believe God enough. And yes. Just snap out of it. Get the joy of the Lord on. And um, I've really liked that book of just like, how do people that claim Christ, yet it's pretty clear that there's a group of people that still go through a dry spell or a a depression of sorts or, you know, mine was tricky. I don't know if you're outgoing person, but I'm pretty outgoing. So a depressed version of me is pretty normal person. So it may not even be (laughs) obvious to other people like, Oh yeah, she's fine. But to me, I'm like, I don't want to be see anyone. Like I'd rather just not answer that phone call. And before I was like, immediately someone called, I'm, I'm on the phone. Like, why would I not answer? And so I just didn't have the energy. Okay. So you said December and then when did you and I connect on Instagram? It must've been November because that's when the craft show was. Okay. Okay. So you craft, your husband's a creative in the singing and you're a creative in the creating crafty things. Yes. And you have, um, Julie Lynn design. I'll put that link in the show notes. You create, what's your, what do you make? What is your primary focus? Right now, the popular item is paper flowers. Paper flowers? So I make paper flowers all the time. And (laughs) I honestly, I got into that to creating and starting an Etsy shop just because I was like, okay, God, if if you're not going to do anything with me, then I'm going to create my own path. I'm going to do my own thing. And I would, I had to have something, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I have to have something I'm pouring into because I'm going crazy here. So if I'm not going to invest in the lives of students, I'm going to invest in paper, I guess. And so I just started making stuff, throwing it online and pursuing this dream all the while knowing, oh dear, I don't think paper flowers are eternally significant. Um, I just, I knew it and I it was okay with it because I knew that there was a grace in that where I was like, yes, pursue this, make your things, put them online, go to these craft shows, meet new people because I'm going to do something with this. And it's actually the avenue he used to pull me out of depression and give me purpose and meaning. So there was that. And so uh, honestly, I saw a huge influx of business around Mother's Day last year. People like to give their mom flowers. Yeah. Go figure. And so they go online and they're like, ooh, paper flowers. And they look it up and then 
some people find me and they say, that's what I want. So I do, I make flowers out of maps, old books, cool. magazines, music, whatever. And a lot of people do custom orders. Uh, the most popular, Pride and Prejudice. Oh. I'm not going to lie. Huh. Yeah, it's a good time. That. So I, yeah. Huh. So I sell these for flowers and they were kind of the, the connection to my soul that I needed. I need to be able to invest creatively in something. Yeah. And then, um, so that kind of sustained me yeah. as I was pulling out of this desert season. And I think, you know, creativity is a spiritual discipline in itself. I mean, God is creative. We're reflecting him when we do it. And I think there's joy in that. I think I saw you were reading A Million Little Ways by Emily. Freeman. Yes. It's, it's totally rocking my face off right now. <laughs> It totally is. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read this little artsy book, and then I'm like, oh wait, and it's good. Have you read it before? I own it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's oh, a blogger man. girl that goes to these conferences I go to as well, and yeah, yeah, she's oh, awesome. She's great. She's really great. A million yeah. little ways I'm gonna put in the show notes too. Okay, so we connect via Instagram. <laughs> And did then we what con- happens? Did we connect because somebody had taken a photo of me or were you at the craft show? I was not at remember? the craft show. I don't even know how I found you. Like, okay, so I don't know if somebody. <laughs> I, think I know. Okay. How do you know? What happened? Okay. Some, I also sell owl pillows and I had some there. And this lady blogger who loves owls asked if she could take a picture with the owl she bought from me with me. So she takes this and, and posts it on Instagram and blogs about it. And I think you you actually made a comment in her photo. Did you go to Taylor University? Yeah. And I said I said yeah. And she was and then so we were, I don't know if we like, talked on that photo or. Okay. And then I found you when I linked through. And who was it? Yes. Was it? Um, I wish I knew. I can dig back and That's like crazy. text you. God doesn't yeah. even care, does he? He's just gonna use he whoever. He doesn't even care. So yeah. we connect, and then okay, then what happens? So I realize that there might be a whole community of people on Instagram that I have not considered yet. So I'm thinking in the lines of, okay, I'm going to do this craft business. It's going to be awesome. And thought about having craft parties and, you know, making money that way or whatever. So I start looking around, I find you and I'm, I'm thinking, what does she do? She's a minister of to moms and in particular moms with boys. And I'm seeing you connect with these women. And I thought, wow, there's not, I, I think, in my fear of coming back to relationship with Christ in a deep way, my fear was that I'd be really cheesy mm. and I, w- I did not want to be cheesy. And so I needed to find examples of non cheesy cheesiness. And so I went and I started digging around and you knew somebody and I was like, Oh, she made a cool comment. So you know how you Instagram stalk and you're like, yeah. who are they? Now who said that? And you go over to theirs and you look through the pictures and if you like them, you'll start following them. And suddenly you feel like you're best friends with that Instagram person. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. one day you forget that they don't know you and you comment on their blog or their little thing. And you're like, Oh, I just put myself out there. So yeah, that's kind or, of, or your son leans over and, and I'm like, Oh, look at what this guy's doing. And he's like, who is that? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> it's this I girl I follow's kid and he's just adorable. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what my- am I doing? Yes, I am not going to lie. Sometimes I take photo screenshots and I send them to my friends who follow these people. And I'm like, did you see what so-and-so did today? (laughs) Sometimes I go real bold and then I write on there, like I put their um, handle and I'm like, Lori, you should make one of these or you should buy one of these or need this. In the comments. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Now I'm exposed. Okay, so you start following these people and you're starting to find a Christian authentic vulnerable, real community. Yes. That's not cheesy. The non cheesy version. Okay. Exactly. 
so I find somebody, a friend of yours or a friend of friend of a friend of yours, because, you know, that's how it goes, rabbit yeah. trail. Yeah. Somebody had a picture of a making things happen postcard on their laptop. And I was like, what's this making things happen? And it turns out it was, a, I looked and dug around and it was connected to Laura Casey, who does these making things happen, make things happen conferences. Have you heard of Laura Casey before? Okay. I started following her. I don't know when. Um, oh. She does the Southern wedding stuff. Yes. Right? And she has a book coming out, I think. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So she had these, and it was right before the end of the year. So she had her power hashtag power sheets, and she was saying you you can order them and they're half off. And I'm like, yes, I want some power sheets. I want to <laughs> I want to like plan my life that's better than what it is now. Yeah. So I get the power sheets in, and I start doing kind of her exercises of making goals for the new year or any time of the year that actually have meaning. And this, these power sheets started like helping me form, like, who am I again? Like rethinking through who am I, what am I about? And then from there came this vision of ministry that I had not seen, but it was there the whole time. And mm. so that's one element of the Instagram stalking. The other one was I followed, um, I started seeing crafters who love Jesus. And that was what I was really looking for was how do I pull my creativity in with this desire to glorify God in what I do and actually have it meaningful. Mm -hmm. And one of my giftings is discipleship. And then I've got this whole creative side. And so I was like, how do I create, do creative, creative or creativity and discipleship together? And I saw these women who were like, hey, and they're making these really cool verse type things, or they're having people over for a craft night, and they love Jesus. And I'm thinking, how does this, what? And so there's all this great example out there. And I constantly is showing uh, my husband, look at, look at what this girl's doing. Look what this girl's doing. And he's always like, you could be doing the same thing, Julie. And I'm like, yeah, but look what she's doing. And it's <laughs> phenomenon to me. And I'm like, I didn't know that there was a group of women probably from the Instagram community who are spurring each other on to do these amazingly creative things that point people to Christ. Yeah. I just had never seen it done before. And yeah. so I don't know where I was hiding, but I just hadn't seen it done. And so well, that's God what, opened your eyes in the right time, right? Exactly. He needed you to take you he needed to take you through a season of not relying on your strength because you already tried that. Right. To now you rely on him and and now it's like a joyful experience, right? And of course, oh. it's new. So tell everyone, what is this new thing yes. that you're doing? So that's where that came from. And then um, I, one of my – so this is kind of where December rolls in with all of that together, just kind of like poof. So a friend of mine had invited me to go see Beth Moore speak at some kind of local church thing. So instead of like 3,000 women, there was only 300 women. Wow. It was small, small and intimate. So we're up in the balcony of this church, and, you know, Beth Moore, she's, she's bringing the word. Yeah, she is. Yeah, it's good. And afterwards, my friend says to me, Julie, I've been thinking a lot about how you are really – you really care about these college graduate girls and – you know, newly, these people who have new jobs and just got married, I guess it would be college and career type age group. And she's, I keep thinking about how when you were in that student ministry, you, you were the one who invested in those girls. And now they're this age and you keep thinking, why doesn't somebody do something about discipling these women? They, they go off to college and no one is reaching out to care for them. The local church isn't doing it. Maybe because they don't tithe or maybe because they don't, 
see it. I don't know why, but most of the time churches don't have a college ministry or, you know, are reaching out to that generation. And I'm really passionate about that generation. So she's like, I just keep thinking about you're the one who invested in them. Why don't you keep investing in them? Mm. And I have been told this for three years. Three years, mm. people have been saying, Julie, keep investing in this group because they, they already love you. They will, you know, they'll respond and da, da, da. And I was waiting for God to provide me a full-time paying job. I wanted some church or ministry out there to pay me full-time to work with their college kids and, and invest in them and disciple them so that they be um, solid men and women of Christ who build families and whatnot. So I'm, I'm just like, but I heard it that night. That night, my friends, you're the one who invested in them. Why aren't you continuing to invest in them? And it just like a light dawned on. And suddenly in, in the, my midst of like, yes, I will be the one. God just said, here's how you, you're going to put creativity and discipleship together. I want you to creatively invest in these women that I've placed under your under, before you, I want you to give them things to think about the truths in my word in the most creative way possible. And I was like, oh, kits, I'm making kits. And I'm just like, you know, my friend's like, da, 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 this is what I got out of Beth Moore. And my mind is completely in another direction. And I was just fired up. Mm, and I went so home awesome. that night and I wrote down a list. I'm like, God, who are the girls that you've placed in my path for me to invest in since 1999? And I wrote every girl down that I've had a significant conversation with some girls who have repeatedly come back for wisdom, for mentoring, for hangout time, whatever. And there's 80 girls on this list. Wow. And I'm thinking, okay, why am I waiting for another ministry to hire me when I've got an army right here? These women have mm. been repeatedly asking me to invest in them. And so... I just started, I just said, okay, God, I will do whatever it takes creatively to invest in these girls. So I'm going to start sending them mail, you know, snail mail or texting them and just kind of re-reaching out to the ones that have kind of fallen behind and just kind of, if they, if they want it, they can have it. I will give everything I have to them. I will help them grow, whatever. And it, I didn't have to do anything. These girls started crawling out of the woodwork. I had girls like randomly contacting me on Facebook or through Instagram, and one girl even texted me one night, and she says, you've been on my mind lately. I know it's been like two years. Can we get together? And I'm like, "Wow, what? Yeah. yeah. I was like, Love that. And I, I just kept showing, I, I call my husband Taco. That's his nickname. So I'm like, Taco. <laughs> you said that earlier. I was like, who's Taco? What? Yeah. What's Taco? Okay, Mike yeah, is Taco. Taco. Yes, Mike got it. Yes. And so I'm like, Taco, this girl just called and he was like, I'm not even surprised anymore. And we just sat there and watched God just roll in this connection with these girls. And I just said, okay, God, I will say yes to every girl who says, can I come visit you? Will you come visit me? Can we talk on the phone? Can we meet up? And I just said, yes. And it has been nonstop connection with these girls since that day. I, I've had girls stay in my house. I've had girls invite me up to their college dorm room, wow. hang out with their friends for the weekend. And there's like a spillover effect because these girls and their friends are like, oh, yeah, you're here. And I'm like, who are you? You know, it's like their yeah. little roommate and the, their little group of friends. And like, well, we can't wait for you to come. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you, uh, you don't realize that it's not just the one girl that you're going to invest in. It's, it's the spillover of all the girls that she's friends with. And wow. They're just, I mean, I love them because, the, you know, it's like this moment where you're sl- you're kind of partial celebrity. Yeah, totally. And you show up and they're like, you're here. And you're like, I just, I feel so loved. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thinking like college age, you know, when you and I went, okay, we had a two computers, 
oh, down wow. in a lobby that we all had to share for the entire dorm to email people the Vox or whatever it was or whatever oh, it was. The, the Vax. Vox. The Vax. The Vax. 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 Because now there's Voxer. It's throwing me off. But there was the Vax system. Now they're like all so disconnected and community is such an odd thing. And if they are together, they're on their phones together. So what you're also doing is helping a whole generation of girls get back to what their hearts are craving, which is girlfriends and people who are hanging out and chatting about who knows what. I mean, I just had a whole weekend with Taylor girls and we rented a house in uh, Michigan city and we were there. We got there Friday night. We didn't leave till Sunday afternoon and we talked the entire time. We didn't leave the house the entire time. And my husband's like, so what'd you do? And I'm like, well, we talked and we ate. No, like what, like what'd you do? Nope. That's what we did. Pretty much. That's what we did. Yeah. That's what you do. And people had crocheting and there was quilting and there was creative things. And (laughs) I just love, I love what you're doing. It's so refreshing. So awesome. So, well, in that there was one of my girls had said, Hey, Julie, will you do a, a solo retreat for me? And we used to do these things called solo where we would, I mean, it was torturous. We would take our senior class to uh, a camp somewhere their senior year in the spring, and we would throw them outside for like hours at a time with like little bits of food and just say, here, go spend time with God. We wrote a little guide journal for them. Kind of like a solitude retreat? uh, Oh, yes. That's exactly what it is. And so this girl having, I don't know why she really wanted this, but she's like, can you do a solo for me? And I said, I said, yeah. Actually, invite your friends. Let's do a retreat. And she's like, okay. So we got together and renamed it Breathe. And and I rewrote the book. And I I thought, you know what? We need to go all out in this. If girls, if women are going to come here and do the hard work of centering themselves before God to hear his voice, that they should know that they're cared for. So I'm going to go out. So I was like creating these really cute lunch kits and creating a new way to do this journal and Create, like just trying to create the best hospitality I could possibly give to mm. the, the the five or six women who came. So this girl brings her friends and they show up. And that first night I said, okay, I'm taking away your phones and your watches. I'll give them back Sunday morning and I need you to trust me. And from the time we start this labyrinth um, until tomorrow afternoon, there's no talking. And one of the girls, her eyes got big as saucers and she's like, what? <laughs> and I was like, uh, Casey, did you not tell her that they weren't <laughs> talking? She's like, Yes, I did. She's just giving, she's just being dramatic, you know, whatever. And so we had this incredible weekend where these women, they did the hard work of centering before Christ. They had, I have a chalkboard wall in my house. And the very first night when they were going through like a kind of a preparation labyrinth where you go to station to station and kind of set your heart before Christ and you read through this piece of paper and you do what it tells you to do. Um, one of the labyrinth stations had, you know, write down what you want to hear from God on the chalkboard. So the next day after they come back in from being alone with God and just spending, I mean, it was probably five or six hours alone with him. Um, we went right into a time of worship once, once they were ready to come back in. And that's, I would love that because then their very first words out of their mouth are worship. Mm. And so we had some, we had a girl come and lead worship for us. And these girls are just praising Jesus with their mouth. And it's just awesome. And during worship, I said, go, I want you to go back to the chalkboard and write down what it is that God is, what he told you today. And so then in debrief time, we talked about what we wanted from God and what God did give us. And these girls left refreshed. They left. And it was just this amazing retreat where they were like, 
I met God. And you cannot, this is the thing is, uh, you, when people hear God's voice directly to them, that's what changes your life. It's not mm. all the fun of the retreat. It's not the lights, bells, and whistles of the crafts. It's, 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 I really, really want these women to hear God's voice because that is what changes lives. And stopping so enough to hear it. Yes. Right. So from that came this idea of what if I started, well, my boss actually said, you should start a nonprofit called Creative Discipleship where you, you do these retreats you, and I do these um, Creative Discipleship kits where they get like a devotional, like a way to encounter God in scripture creatively. So that comes with like a little craft kit with the Bible content and it's helping them reconnect with God and consider a truth of in his word in a creative way. So, so I, I I jumping ahead of into, awesome. into this. Is that okay? I just, you know, okay. you're like right doing, they're amazing. You're amazing. This is awesome. <laughs> I mean, really, Julie, I am just like, I, God is using you in such huge ways. I like, totally want to go on your retreat you you should come i've got one april 25th through the 27th it's on eventbrite and wow. you're welcome to, you're welcome to come it, it's for women of all ages you have the requirements that you have to be graduated from high school and at least 19 years of age and i've had all ages come to these retreats i think this will be my third retreat to do and it's just a joy it's so much fun to watch these girls encounter god and usually their testimony is what God uses to speak to me while I'm facilitating discussion. And it's just so good. Oh my goodness. Well, and you can just hear the joy in your voice that, that it is life giving. You are pouring into these girls and yet you are the one who's receiving joy. And I think that's when you hit, that's when you hit the sweet spot. Yes. And it's when you like, okay, so I have four children and the last thing I would, think I should ever be ministering in is with children because like <laughs> that's what I do all day and I regret like I totally did not want to sign up to do VBS last summer I was like no please I just want to drop <laughs> off my children and have some peace but my friends were in charge and so I said yes and I loved it like wow. it reminded me of why I wanted children in the first place I've always loved teaching and I always loved really young children and this fire lit up in me and this joy that I hadn't experienced in that whole dry season came back. I mean, I would be praying in that dry season, Lord, please bring back my joy. Please bring back my joy. And that's how he did it. Wow. And like VBS of all VBS, of course. That's where you meet Jesus, right? VBS. And mm-hmm. so then it was like he worked orchestrated, you know, someone stepping down, happened to step down in ministry, and then I just took their position on the teaching staff at our church. And, but it was like totally not what I would think. Just like you would think, oh, she was burnt out in ministering to girls. So she probably should never do that again. <laughs> right. And yet it was in his own unique route that he said, no, this is something that I put in you. This is a special thing, but we're going to do it in a new way. Yes. And it's going to be so good. It is going to be so good. And that's why I really. That's where I really wanted to share your story with listeners today is, is that I really, I know that God gave us all gifts and he wants us to use them for his glory, but he never wants them to be a burden and he never wants them to be something that robs us of joy. They, it's, it's, 
the desiring God, the John Piper kind of like, he wants you to enjoy the life he's given you. We can do both. And so your story totally embodies that and just how he can use, I think people think social media is so evil and bad Mm -hmm. and from the devil. And I see people using it for good in so many ways. And um, the fact that he could show you his path for you through this is just awesome to me. So Julie, I think there's more to come from you. I think Thank you. this is just the beginning, just the beginning. And um, I'm going to put all these links to your sites and to um, your Instagram and your Breathe Conference, Eventbrite, and all of that on the show notes uh, for this podcast. But I, and you know, and if you have any questions for Julie, if you go to the blog post that goes along with this at godcentermom.com, you can ask her questions there and she can check and answer them or just, um, I'm sure through her different connections, you can email her, but, uh, thank you, Julie, for being on the podcast and sharing your story and being vulnerable. Heather, this was awesome and a huge treat for me. Thank you very much. And you know, go tailor you, right? They've done a good job. Training up some people, some pretty awesome things going on with the TU alumni. So um, we'll have to make sure they know about this. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you have a good weekend. And uh, thanks again so much. Thanks for listening to the God-Centered Mom podcast. I hope you enjoyed our guests as much as I did. And if you're looking for resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. I want you to know that God is just as present at your kitchen sink as your church pew, that he sees your service and he is pleased. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you and he will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.